In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Co-Indoc-Pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Cohen Doc Pro, Episode Two, Episode Dose for all you unbilingual bastards out there. <laughs> Deuce, <laughs> uneducated heathens. I fit right in that category. I do too. I, don't, <laughs> I took one year of German and I flunked out, <laughs> much like I flunked out of Algebra One. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, like I said, episode two, we're back at you, and we're an overnight success. Overnight. Because we had no followers after the last episode, now we're up to a million. Shit. We got shirts coming out, yep. we got stickers, we got everything. JRE ain't got shit on us. <laughs> well, with that news, I'm quitting my job <laughs> right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't have any followers. Um, but this episode is brought to you by Chemtrails. <laughs> Aluminum dioxide, barium sulfate does body good. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the last two days they have been slaying us here. Spraying it down. It's been bad. Yeah, Hosing it. And every time that they start doing it, it always plugs up my sinuses almost every single time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was watching the clouds come in the last two days, and then you could see them just drawing the trails on the top side of it and the mm-hmm. holes in the cloud. Yep. And, and then by the shadows end, through. Yep. By the end of the day, there are yellow clouds just yeah. kind of going. Yeah. So we thank you. We thank you for the the chemtrails. Thank yeah. you for your service, pilots. Yeah, we, we thank you. <laughs> anyway, this episode's not really brought to you by chemtrails, but it kind of is. <laughs> so today we got Luke presenting a case to us or a presentation on MLO, ONA, and rain chaos. Yeah. So... Um, to start out, just to clarify a couple of things in the last episode, if anybody listened to it, um, when I was talking about this, I'm sure if there's anybody that listens to this that listens to dissection, they're probably going to be like, oh, they were not an ONA band, blah, blah, blah. That's That wasn't what I was saying. 
I mean, if you have their albums, it's all over in there that they're MLO bl- uh, band. But and to clarify, ML- MLO is Misanthropic Luciferian Order. Yes. Not so. the Order of Nine Angles. So much different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, second thing I wanted to touch on was uh, the critics of this album can eat balls. Yeah. Fuck like, them. Everybody that uh, wrote like some shitty review of it i just say you catch a murder rap and go to prison for 10 years and write a better album than this in your head yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is true right like he wrote a lot of this in his i know i watched one interview and he was talking about Mm -hmm. how he thought a lot of this was him just thinking yep Mm -hmm. yep and then uh again despite all this shit that um is kind of sewn into this album still top favorite top four favorite albums of all time i agree and what genre would you so for metal this one um a lot of people say it's melodic death metal but they started out originally as a black metal band which black metal to me i can listen to like four or five songs and be good for months Mm -hmm. but this album it's just there's like certain songs that you can get into, like on the early dissection stuff, like where dead angels lie and stuff. Like those are those are good songs, but an entire album is kind of like, eh. yep. And with just like that whole like purist kind of thing, where they sound like they just set up a fucking tape recorder in a garbage yeah. can and recorded <laughs> like, shit oh my god, dude, seriously. Kind of um, like our uh, first video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think that sounded. Although <laughs> it was way, what we did was way better. Um, <laughs> sound quality wise, musicianship wise, and that's not a knock on Nathan at Osmosis. It's just <laughs> it was the times. I mean, right? Like he mm. started out because what was that? Two thousand four when we recorded. That was two thousand three. Yeah. So I mean, he he probably only had his equipment for the first maybe two, three years, because he had done drop crying stuff right before that. Mm-hmm. Well, shit, I was thinking of, like, the Samick in Series 10 and Sunlight Days is... Oh, In, in the garage of mom and dad's. <laughs> That's, That's what, what I was thinking, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant, too, Nathan. <laughs> he wouldn't listen to such trash. He's this, too meaning, busy. Meaning this podcast. Yeah. He was too busy traveling. Van van life and yeah, he's a good dude. Anyway, yeah. back on track. Um, so what kind of uh, piqued my um, interest in this was I was listening to another podcast with um, William Ramsey, and he was talking about the ONA, um, and I think he has a book called Global Death Cult or something like that. And when he was talking about this order, there was like some keywords that he was mentioning that are mentioned a lot on uh, this album in particular. So that's what kind of got me um, like, I wonder if that is like connected to kind of where the MLO was headed towards with like this whole murder thing. Um, So that's, that's kind of where my basis for this whole thing started. Um, Like the extreme um, nature of the ONA and the steps that were kind of 
being taken in the MLO before they uh, got kind of disbanded or uh, went on hiatus while uh, John and, and Vlad were in prison. So that's the basis for this. Um, for some background, uh, John Nodvit, I think that's how you pronounce However it. However you say yeah. it. It looked too confusing to me. I couldn't even pronounce it. Yeah. Way too many vowels. Way too many dots and things over <laughs> yeah. top of other word, you know, uh, letters. He was a Swedish musician born in um, 75, uh, committed suicide in 06. He started... Um, that sick tattoo that did it. Yeah. yeah. Bullseye. Yeah. And then the weird tribal shit around yeah, it. The pentagram kind of thing with the hole in it. Yeah. He had a, a bullet hole tattooed on his head? It was like a big symbol, and then there was like a hole right in the middle, but I'm pretty sure that's probably Whoa. where he... Yeah. That's commitment, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I um, knew he had the 666, 666 tattoo on his neck. Yep. Yeah. And he was saying that was he was just making his birthmark visible yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, I watched that interview too where he said his birthmark you know from old olden times i was like mm-hmm. whoa yeah. yeah very committed guy yeah very committed very composed yes so yeah. um so he started uh, i think he said he started playing guitar around eight years old or something um his first band 1988 was thunder um, and then he started dissection, and that went from eighty nine to ninety seven. Uh, then there was the hiatus, and then came back oh four to oh six. Um, he was in several other uh, bands um, that kind of had some more of the kind of dark theme, kind of like all black metal, all the death metal, all that stuff. Um, but uh, he was in the black uh, D Infernali. Uh, Nephilim, although I didn't see anything, um, uh, you know, past band member wise that listed him, I saw it listed in one spot. And just the name alone was like what we had talked about earlier the Nephilim and kind of fallen angel shit. And, um, and in that band and in this next band, uh, he went by the uh, stage name of Shadow. Um, Ooh, yeah. Shadow. So uh, this band, Ophimalia. Um, oh, going back to Nephilim. A weird connection there with uh, the record labels, um, Necropolis Records and Black Sun Records. Mm. So a little bit of symbolism there. Yep. Uh, and then he was also in uh, Satanized. Sirens yell. Subtle name. Yeah. <laughs> and then terror. Ah. But not, not to, that terror. Not, not, not to be confused. Not the, not yeah. the good Scott terror. Scott Vogel's terror. Yeah. Uh, this one had members of At The Gates. Uh, he Ooh, was also... pretty good. nice. I saw them with Converge. I just re-listened to a bunch of their stuff probably a month ago. Very good stuff. Yeah. I was surprised at how good they sounded live. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and then he was also, uh, for a while, he was a journalist with Metal Zone covering the black metal scene. Well, where's Metal Zone out of? Is it like a Swedish mag or I think UK? they're like UK European. Mag? Not to be confused with the guitar pedal. Yeah. 
That is a great bill. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound like shit at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the sound that uh, all the black metal bands get. Exactly. <laughs> and then for kind of like um, uh, belief background, um, of course, he was uh, in the MLO, the Misanthropic Luciferian Order. That later became okay, the Temple of the Black Light. Uh, their kind of uh, grimoire was uh, not 100% sure how to pronounce this correctly, but uh, Liber Azerate. Um, that sounds pretty good. I buy it. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> and then supposedly he was also part of the werewolf legion yeah i was gonna say there was something with the werewolf i remember there's a picture of him at some festival with wearing his freaking leather jacket and he's going like this with this werewolf and funny funnily enough i have a werewolf (laughs) or a wolf tattoo (laughs) doing the same thing (laughs) and those guys were like a swedish crime syndicate so who knows how involved he was and looking at the internet who knows what is actually true and not. So, speculation. so I'm assuming just based off the leather vest that it would have been some kind of a biker club, something? It was like the vest itself was kind of like the battle vest that everybody the very wears. Cool. You know. Sorry, I meant the... Uh, the werewolf. The in- syndicate or whatever they yeah. was part of. Would they be... Because you said that they were like a criminal or organization or something. Yeah, I... Didn't look really deep into that. Just kind of saw it as a, hmm, well, that could be part of, hmm. you know, his proclivity to violence kind of stuff. But, um, and then, so w- in 1997, the guy that did start um, the MLO uh, went by the name of Vlad. He had a bunch of alias names that just sound like crazy person talk um like nemesis <laughs> koshmood sharis or something like that just all these kind of crazy black metal names it was like when we were trying to come up with remember we were trying to come up with band names and we yeah. had that book at steve's and yeah. we were just like what fits together yeah remember that shit cool <laughs> <laughs> Sinister. (laughs) (laughs) That was our first band. Yeah. Okay. Um, So him and uh, John uh, became pretty close. Uh, I think if I remember right, I didn't jot this down, but um, I think John joined the MLO uh, shortly after they started. I think it was uh, in the early mid nineties or something like that. But 97, um, the founder and John, they were both com- uh, convicted of a hate crime and murder, um, over in Sweden. And during the investigation, um, they found at both, uh, John and Vlad's homes, um, like satanic al- altars and in Vlad's house with the altar, there was a human skull there. Um, was it real or was it from what I saw it was a real one because hmm. uh, that became part of his charges was possession of body parts or something like that so, did he buy it off eBay can yeah. you imagine what are you in for 
Got body parts, bitch. <laughs> Buying body parts. <laughs> and so they found the altars in each of the homes when they were, um, like, interrogating the other members of the MLO. Uh, They're asking, you know, kind of what happened at their um, meetings and everything. And they had, uh, like, rituals, like ritual meditation, um, invocation of demons, animal sacrifices, uh, you know, kind of the normal everyday stuff. So it totally (laughs) works. Yeah. Totally works. I I remember that. um, That was kind of like the daily activities for people. preschool around here so (laughs) (laughs) um but then um let's see here vlad had been kind of like pushing towards some like getting more extreme with uh the order um talking about wanting to do like sacrifices and all that uh they found in john's apartment during the investigation a list of like potential sacrifice ease. Um, and that included um, like former members of the MLO, members of dissection, and even John's girlfriend. What? Yeah. And like his active, active girlfriend? Yep. <clears throat> and so after they get arrested and convicted, go to prison, the membership of the MLO dropped down to three people. <laughs> Huge, this, I'm out of here. <laughs> huge organization. Yeah. So it was John, Vlad, and John's girlfriend. Who so. they were going to kill, so yeah. there would soon be two. <laughs> <laughs> and so... Smart. He, uh, they both you know, go to prison, and during this time, uh, John and, and Vlad write this album that's just incredible. Yeah. Uh, with the lyrics wise, uh, I'll get into that in just a little bit, but um, there's a lot of stuff in that. And then after um, John gets out of prison, the band reforms under um, like all new people uh, outside of John, and and they go for like two years, and John commits suicide. Um, that he was found by the guitar player supposedly um in a circle of candles with the uh liber azerati and a gunshot wound in his head he made a bullseye can you what is the liber azerati so that's like their the um mlo's i think you said grimoire like their kind of there it sounds like some misery or something yeah were you gonna was there at some point that somebody had said that there was a Anton LaVey Bible that had been out instead? Yeah. Or are you going to cover that later? That was originally people were saying that it was the Satanic Bible. That so that had. was just like an over, they just kind of like blanket just, statemented. Yep. Yeah. Saw, oh, this is Satanic Bible. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because he didn't, he didn't like Anton LaVey in the Church of Satan, right? Not from what I can, I think he well, there's, just kind of said that it was like, kind of a poser thing there's different denominations of every other fucking religion so why yeah. wouldn't there be of yeah. fucking satanism oh yeah definitely there is um so that's kind of some background on john and kind of his history with uh, 
like an occult order. And so with um, the order of nine angles. Um, Are they chaotic angles? That's one of the things that I was like, oh. what the hell? Why? I mean, kind of just some of those weird connection things that kind of sparked my interest in it. Uh, so the ONA, they are, uh, this is some stuff that I got from, uh, I think it was like uh, academia.org or something like that. Um, they were, they are a satanic left-handed path. Uh, order based in the UK. They were established in the late 60s and kind of flew under the radar, um, at least like on a wide scale knowledge of them until the 80s and they started getting um, associated with some neo Nazi groups. Um, and they were are, Described as traditional Satanism with hermetic and modern pagan elements. Um, and so when uh, William Ramsey was talking about these guys and um, just the terminology that he was using that is found in uh, like the ONA's uh, writings and everything, um, there's terms like uh, Nexion, Abyss, um, Aeon, and then Magic with a K. And those terms in particular are all over in dissections. By satanic magic. Yep. And so that was like the thing, like, what? Maybe there's something more to the MLO and some crossover into the ONA. Um, and I really didn't find a whole lot um the mlo i found that they are a closed order so they only allow a certain amount of people in their ranks three to be exact yeah, exactly <laughs> um and so there wasn't uh a whole lot of documentation out there it seems like they're kind of like a purist thing where they're trying to keep everything secret. Whereas like ONA um, from that podcast, they're talking about, you know, you can join them pretty much anywhere. And it's kind of like some of the other orders where they would go through money. some kind of approval rating and like yep. the Freemason bullshit. Yep. And then as you like donate more, you get to higher levels and just kind of one of those sounds just like the every OTO, other church the OTO is like that one, right yeah because the <clears throat> occult rejects talk about that where mm-hmm. the oto was very structured yeah. by you know giving up your property mm-hmm. like mormonism yeah <laughs> give yeah, us the, your money okay yeah good give idea us all your shit <laughs> and we'll show you some stuff that's completely fake yeah <laughs> <laughs> but so with the ONA, um, that was the, the thing that I was really looking at mostly was just like that terminology and how it's used um, compared to with what um, is in that Rain Chaos album. And so um, with Nexion, that's from what I understand, uh, it's kind of like gates or tunnels between the 
physical plane and the plane, the spiritual plane. So like astral plane. Yep. So kind of like a a, a tunnel or something. A you portal. Can like a portal. Um, Which that shirt you were wearing last week, Rain Chaos, that reminded me of a portal. Yeah. It's like the same one on the album cover there, yeah. I think. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then Abyss, it's like the region in between um, the physical world and spiritual. So kind of like that crossing over kind of like in a natural way as opposed to using a Nexion to cross mm-hmm. the two, mm-hmm. Is that if that makes sense. Um, Aeon, kind of, uh, kind of the standard understanding of that word, just like a big length of measure of time. Mm-hmm. And then magic, again, just the standard um, use of that one, only with the K that, you know, kind of makes it the more occult real. Not top hat magic. Yep. Yeah. So. No pulling a rabbit out of this hat. <laughs> yeah. So, with that, I can jump back into the album. Dude's got notes. that are. This is legit. I know. I feel like I'm stumbling through everything. Joe Rogan, eat your heart out. (laughs) (laughs) So, with uh, Rain Chaos, um, there's, again, throughout this whole album, there's, like, imagery, like, related to... Blackness, black sun, black light. Blackest um, flame. Yep. Um, so this album uh, was released on Black Horizon Music. Uh, released uh, April 30th, 06 in the UK. And for people that are into the whole Gematria thing, I don't get it, but that number breaks down to 13. Um, in Spooky. Not math in the workplace. So you cannot figure that out. Over my head. Yeah. And then uh, the U.S. Uh, release, it was distributed uh, by The End Records on uh, May 16th, 06. That one uh, reduces down to nine. So that was kind of like, that's weird that the dates end up being like occultic numbers when they're like broken down like that yeah um the first uh this album had 11 songs on it so another big number in the occult uh first track was nexion 218 that number uh the 18 came up in um a few different areas one of the um other occult orders that associates with the ONA was, uh, let me look that back up real quick. It was a uh, UK group called Control F Combat 18. So could be a connection there, but it's also just a number that reduces to nine. Um, Beyond the Horizon. Is the second uh, song on the album kind of given that blackness? Kind also, of. when he opens Beyond the Event Horizon, which Event Horizon's a great movie. Just rewatched it the other day. Yep. And, and that is. The Event Horizon is <clears throat> the point on a black hole yep. where you 
mm-hmm. can come back from. They also were, uh, I heard it referred to uh, being related to the abyss. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the start of the abyss or the end of the abyss, one of the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, third song, Starless Aeon, again, blackness, you know, no light kind of thing. Uh, number four, which is my favorite song on the album. Black Dragon. That one's... That's the one that got me hooked. in that, yeah. yeah. Right. That whole song is just But amazing. the next one's really good, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, really fucking good. Dark Mother Divine. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, going back to... The, I mean, pretty much every song has something to do with blackness or darkness. Keeping or it real. Yep. <laughs> Dude was committed. <laughs> yep. Uh, next song, uh, Kefir I Set. Uh, and, and that one kind of deals with some of those, uh, like, Tree of Life deities or whatever. Mm. Uh, then we've got Chaos Sophia, uh, God of Forbidden Light, uh, title track, Ring Chaos, Internal Fire, and then Mahakali is the last song. Um, on the album the album full length of the album is 43 minutes six seconds and that goes down to 13 in the gematria thing so kind of weird planning it out yeah is there like spaces in there where they have they could have been intentionally <clears throat> running it to 43 to reduce to 13 or it just like the by the length of the each each of the songs. Oh, so um, just have a guitarist sustaining for a little bit to get to that point. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like <laughs> the intro of Black Dragon. Yeah, fucking ringing that thing out for five minutes. <laughs> what the hell, dude? Um, Thank on, you, Satan. On the uh, album, uh, the. Uh, rhythm guitarist and backup vocals um, was a fellow by the name of Set Titan. Mm-hmm. So got some more of that. Totally a real name. Yeah. Temple of Set. <laughs> yep. Temple of Set. Um, and then one of the the last song on the album, Maha Kali, uh, there's a woman that does some singing on there. Uh, and in the credits, she's listed as Nix two one eight N Y X. So, pretty much the name of the first song, mm-hmm. Nixion two one eight. Um, weird, just a lot of shit in that. That, that number wise and symbolism wise is just. Kind of, I guess not, shouldn't be surprising coming from a band like this, mm-hmm. but yeah. Uh, I don't think a, a lot of people that would hear this and casually would uh, pick up of, on things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so there was an, actually one pretty decent um, uh, review, or not really review, but comment on this album was out of uh, Disciple Magazine. Uh, this quote uh here the album and lyrics reflect tenets of the occult and the mlo based on invocations and formulas that have been linked into uh the lyrics to evoke the powers that they represent 
Occult music theory has been applied in the songwriting process as a means of symbolically charging their structures. These have also been, or they have also been written inspired by scientific ideas such as string theory. Uh, the songs have all been written with the intention of using sounds and vibrations as an anti-cosmic tool, and they have all been consciously created to be the vessels for these powers. And just reading that and after listening to like cult rejects and their idea of magic being vibrational and they're using um, sounds and vibrations in this as an anti-cosmic magic tool. They do call yeah. it anti-cosmic metal of death. Yep. It so. reminds me of the, uh, <clears throat> the hemisync stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Doing the, getting the both sides of the brain on the same way. Just that whole, that whole project, right? Yep. You know, so. where they were using sounds and vibrations and it was an agency sponsored program. We'll get into that later, but yeah, that's what yep. it reminds me of. Yep. It was pretty crazy. Um, and then, you know, even just looking at the liner notes themselves, um, they say in there, you know, how it, it's uh, they're an MLO band, and there's one. Well, shit, they got the Sifferot tree right on the back of that thing. Yep. Um, let's see. Just so you know, there's two copies of the vinyl here right now. Yep. So in this uh, liner note, it says esoteric formula in bold letters and words of power in the songs are taken from the book Liber Azurate by the guy uh, Vlad Fraternal uh, Um and the teachings of MLO, Misanthropic Luciferian Order. And they've got their website on here that I looked up, but it doesn't exist anymore. Or at least my browser. Time you got, every got time hacked, I tried to look bro. At it. You got <laughs> hacked. All your stuff is out there now. Someone's buying weird stuff with your credit card information right now in india <laughs> no shit um but you can see uh pass it around like this one here all the crazy language uh like on the first couple lines of black dragon those are those little sections are supposedly like spelled black magic spells within each of these songs hmm. and there was uh i can't remember if it was like an actual interview with john or not where he was talking about they were purposefully put those in there to spread their black magic through um whenever this album was played yeah all the shit you can't pronounce is just a fucking spell so yeah that's why nobody can do it. So if you can learn everything, maybe unlock some gates. Yep. Well, he's mentioning this first one, Black Dragon. He's talking about, you know, mm -hmm. bringing the the beast out of the sea, out of the abyss. Mm -hmm. Open up your open up your black diamond eyes, and rejoice as Ra's creation dies. Dude, this Killing guy John looks Ra. looks like John Malkovich. Totally kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at him and I'm just, I keep thinking, 
He has such a wholesome look. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just keep thinking he's going to shoot these dudes that are standing next to him with a plastic gun, like in, in the line of fire. Well, he probably would. He probably did. If he gets him to the next gate. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy to see all this uh, symbology. Like, <clears throat> you didn't know. Like, the OR guys are talking about, Coat Rejects guys are talking about. Like, if you didn't know this stuff, you know, it would just be mm-hmm. more cover art, right? Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. It's Ryan pretty cool. Chaos. So, that one, um, that's my listen to version. I've got. You want me to try to play it backwards? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know a guy that's got. One. If you listen to the Sweet last one, player. Derb is an expert at doing this. Yep. <laughs> Only ruined one Beatles record in one try. <laughs> I'm one for one. Uh, so this one, it's a picture disc that's has like some pretty crazy uh, artwork on it. You spent upwards of $100 on that. Yes, I did. Because it's that cool. Oh, damn. Look at that press, man. The black dragon. And then... Spin that back over, will you? I want to see the back end. Here you can... It's crazy. But very cool pen and ink looking shit. Yep. If anybody has it, awesome. You got a good good record there. But kind of in closing on this one, after just hearing the the uh, terminology crossover and everything, it kind of I kind of came away from it like it's probably just like every other religion using the same terminology but tailored to their story um so it was kind of a bust really um so but it was a good good time looking into all this stuff and um i learned some new shit looking into it and all of that yeah um you know it's interesting I was kind of, I didn't know a lot about this band. I mean, I listened to similar stuff that you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really got into any of the the black metal Swedish bands, stuff like that. Pretty much stayed stateside with the American. American. Merca. Merca with some grindcore, <laughs> good old grindcore like Pig Destroyer, you know what I mean? Um, it's good shit, too. Very good. Well, their last album sucked. Mm. But it's Head Cage like- or whatever it was, it was... Sounded like they recorded that thing in the bathroom. <laughs> ridiculous. So they were becoming a black metal band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they swung and they missed on that one. Sorry, guys. But um, no, I mean, just doing a little bit of research on this to kind of see what I could see. Watched an interview with John and dude is very articulate, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um very, to a point <laughs> yeah yeah i had to stop making eye contact him with, with him through the tv through my phone i was like he's gonna reach through and get me um but you know all of the it just reminds me of like this satanic type influence you know 
comes out in metal and black metal, but really it goes back mm. way beyond that. I mean, yep. It goes back to the blues, jazz, you know, all influenced by uh, a lot of the tribal music, you know, that came mm-hmm. over from Africa and, you know, settled in the, the Caribbean and, yep. you know, but yeah, the, the satanic influence stuff is not, it's not just metal yeah hip-hop rap Mm -hmm. tons of that pop pop huge Mm -hmm. i was trying to explain that at home about Katy perry you know and uh i've been told that we have to do a whole episode on how her music is satanic (laughs) so i fucking hate that bitch we will (laughs) we will prove it just look at her Halftime show. That's what I said, man. I said, watch the halftime shows. I mean, it's just so obvious. Or just, you know, the Jay-Z and just watch any of those Uh. videos where, huh? Uh. Yeah. (laughs) They're sitting there throwing up the all-seeing eye. It's just Mm. ridiculous. The Void. Good movie. Just thought of that when you said the all-seeing eye. Which is a good movie. You ever seen that one? Mm. It's very good. Who's in it? Nobody. Nobody good? Nobody you would know. Except the, that sounded pretty fucking elitist. Wow. <laughs> Nobody, you would fucking yeah. know, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you idiot. Good movie though. It's a good horror movie. Yep, it's very good. So one one other thing, um, like in our intro uh, episode, we're talking about the ghost stuff, and um, usually in the summer times, <clears throat> I'll have myself a little solo record party and have beers and. All that shit. Muddy Russians. Get through like, I don't know, nine or ten albums. And this is always my closer. And I'm usually pretty fucking wasted at when this one comes on. And it feels like the room just gets darker. I get texts. Like like if you were to take a dimmer switch on a light and move it down like two or three notches, that's how it kind of feels in the room when I get to this one i'm like it's crazy well i hope i got some more beers left (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's crazy you know um so i was thinking about the the satanic influence on on music should i get the ouija board out no (laughs) let's burn it (laughs) let's try lighting it on here we go (laughs) but um no i was thinking about it and uh it's interesting on the theology side of the house with with Satan and know, knowing what I do about and like I said probably maybe next week if we want to we can jump into the Nephilim yeah and uh, do that presentation which will lead into CERN which, all of these are connected but the thing with that I immediately thought about was that so Satan was a cherub mm-hmm in in heaven right before the fall so he was somebody of high rank high stature you know like a guardian almost to god right Mm -hmm. so if you believe in god which i do but some people don't but if you do on the on the one side of the spectrum you have you know the black magic and all the satanic arts and things like that that have been handed down through you know, all of this 
contact with demons and you know mm-hmm. turn of which we'll go into john d and edward kelly and all that stuff and crowley and iowas but to me it's interesting because on the other side of that coin that means that there must be a white magic right so so because satan can only he can only deceive he can only he can only knows so much but he must have known that something was actually there to create and mm-hmm. to do these things, you know what I'm saying? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yep. Um, but the cherub in heaven would have been, he probably would have been some kind of like a leader for um, like a, uh, let's see what I write down here. He probably would have been tasked with leading worship, right? And usually when, when you worship, there's music. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was interesting when he comes to the fall and then now, you know, the satanic influence is coming through in the music, mm-hmm. almost like he's using that mm-hmm. sometimes, I guess, to uh, worship him, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, just really interesting. Cool. Kind of interesting, too, that, you know, the pan and the Baphomet are mm-hmm. both, you know, kind of like half half human, half goat or half you know and then uh pan was also a musician Mm -hmm. carried around his little yeah so i thought that then go from that into like peter pan and like fuck disney yeah just really crazy stuff the connections but um yeah i just thought that that was really interesting Mm -hmm. um and then the other thing that you brought up about ona kind of wanted to touch on that I thought was real interesting on that was so it was formed by a guy named Anton Long aka David Myatt mm. right okay so he found he he's the founder of the ONA right and then he starts getting involved in and it's founded in Britain mm. and then he starts getting involved in the neo-nazi movement and then at some point he just switches and decides i'm no longer into white power and he becomes an islam convert and starts getting all into jihad wow i don't know to me it kind of fit in with the ona potentially being some kind of a british military intelligence program kind of like um crowley was also Mm -hmm. involved in there British intelligence. And then Michael Aquino. Mike, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's Temple of Set, Michael Aquino, and um, uh, the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey. All of the cults that came out in the 60s, those were all related to, you know, some of that M- MK Ultra stuff. And mm-hmm. just kind of reminded me of like, hey, maybe this guy seems like he was a little bit of a provocateur. I mm-hmm. mean, who goes from being hardcore Satanist, hardcore, you know, neo-nazi to boom and islam convert now all of a sudden i'm all about jihad mm. that's crazy because i saw pictures of him online and he was you know full-blown mm. you know dressed up like a you know, muslim convert mm. wow so i don't know kind of wonder i mean it makes me wonder about the uh the intelligence connection side of that you know mm-hmm. for Group think, mind control, chaos, fear, fear control. Yeah. What was that one program they had? Chaos fear. 
um, uh, the agency. Uh, yeah, the gateway or oh, something the like gateway experience. Experience. Was so the that gate, one? The gateway or? experience was the one that linked over into. Um, was that GC uh, and all that shit, or? No, the gateway experience was the one that linked over into HemiSync and okay. the music, right? I think so. Um, the one you're talking about. Mm, I don't know. There's too many words in my head. Yeah. <laughs> too but many like, programs in there to file through. Yeah. The other thing I thought was kind of crazy was, uh, you know, as I was kind of like just doing a little bit of the research of the satanic influence in music, I came across a interview with Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. <laughs> so apparently, I didn't know this, but apparently that dude grew up uh, Jehovah's Witness. He's like a Christian now or some shit. Yeah, so he grew up a Jehovah's Witness, and then he was rebelling, started getting into Wicca in the early days. And then at some point, some dude sucker punched him, smashed him in the head, and uh, he threw a hex on the dude. He did some hex. some magic, and hex. he threw a hex on the guy. Yep. Next day, the guy got in a car crash, <clears throat> and then the part of the body that Mustaine had focused the hex on was damaged quite severely, according to him. Hmm. That's why he ran to Jeebus, huh? Well, I think he ended up... I think it was from that like was, a <clears throat> cancer thing Oh, that's right. Yeah, but this was this hex thing was back in the day. I mean, I think mm. he was... It's probably why he could shred. Yeah, he was before... It was before Metallica, I think. Yeah. My fucker can shred. Yeah. Well, he kind of... Back in the day. He's okay. <laughs> was it us that we, we walked down there, down by the, the big sleaze, the big easy, when... Megadeth yeah, but we all, the three of us went to Megadeth, remember? Because we went yeah. at, to the the one at the pavilion. Yeah, the one with the coal chamber and... Um, no, it was... Uh, it was uh, the Idaho Center. Idaho Center yeah. with... Uh, uh, what's that shit band? Monster Magnet or some oh, yeah. shit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. Coal Chamber opened that. I don't remember if Coal Chamber was on... They could have been. I only remember Coal Chamber from Pantera, but... Mm. I remember when because we you went, got your ticket at Albertsons, where me and Luke are waiting for you. You got it. Like, yeah, we're going to Megadeth. Well, remember I had to go pawn all those CDs at Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I took a stack of like REM shit in there and Alanis set. I don't even know. It was a bunch of garbage. Took it down and pawned it, and then you guys were on the floor, and I wasn't. Remember. Oh yeah, and then we melted your yeah. So we we yeah. melted your guys's. We asked for it. We were in the bathroom and we we're like, Does yeah. anybody have a lighter? And that dude was like, Yeah, I got one. And so I melted your guys's excess wristband <laughs> yeah. apart yeah. and then melted it together and made a wristband. That's right. Oh, oh shit! Illegal That's a good idea. <laughs> that guy was like, yeah, it was a good idea, man. Horns up, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I was, forgot about that. That was funny, man. And then I. <laughs> I was so worried because it was starting to kind of fall off, fall apart. Because I had to, I had to weld it together in two places with that lighter. And so as we were walking, I had it kind of like covered up yeah. with my hoodie. Oh, Actually, no, I don't think I had a hoodie. I think I was probably wearing that black uh, corduroy <laughs> jacket that I always wore. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Shit. But they just kind of barely. Yeah, they were barely the on it. I just, it. I just flashed it like I was on, like I was, you know, in the band, and yeah. I was like, "Yep, yeah. you guys are good." <laughs> I remember thinking we were so badass. We were just like, motherfucker.
motherfucker. We outsmarted him. It was either that or I just had to jump the rail and run into the crowd <laughs> yeah, and just no. get lost, you know? <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot about that. That's awesome. I only remember certain things. That was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Selling shitty CDs to go see another shitty band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it was like, uh, wasn't there another one that opened that? Like, it wasn't, it was like Fear or something. Not Fear Factor oh. or anything, but. Uh, I feel like there was another. Oh, it was uh, Life of Agony, wasn't it? Uh, oh yeah. I think it was Life of Agony. I know that they. We saw them dudes. Show. Yeah. We saw them dudes at Ozfest. Remember that? They played the second stage. Yeah, the Slipknot. Hmm. In that apartment two thirty four or whatever that bullshit was. Yeah. It was like one of them was like Butlers. Geezer Butler's. Yeah. yeah. It was his kid. Puya or whatever. Remember yeah. that? Oh, shit. I think they opened it when we came in the gate. That was Ozfest, 98. 99. 99. Yeah. Yeah. That was at the Gorge. And then Black Sabbath headlined that. And yeah. We all got Original. contact high yeah. during Sweet Leaf. Yep. I love you, Sweet Leaf. <laughs> it was cool to see those guys, like the original lineup. Mm-hmm. It was a bummer that he had to keep reading off the teleprompter, though. Mm-hmm. But... When you do a line of fire ants, you're just never, <laughs> yeah. you're never the same. You never know what's going to happen. Did you guys watch that show, The Dirt, on yeah. Netflix? That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good. I thought Even the, though Machine Gun Kelly's a tool. I, was say, I think the casting could have been better, but... Yeah. Because Nikki Six, dude, whoever played him, like, wasn't buying it. Yeah. Oh. The yeah. Motley Crue show. I did yeah. not watch that one. You gotta watch it. It's pretty good. Yeah. I mean... It's good for a watch. It's yeah. I mean, you'll okay. watch it once and you never need to watch it again. Yeah, cool. But no, I thought that was good, man. I learned some stuff. Um, there, I, w- there was another mentioning Dave Mustaine. Um, Megadeth was supposed to be playing on some festival with Dissection. Do you remember this story? Um, and I, I'm pretty sure I watched, it was a documentary, or not a documentary, an interview with Dave Mustaine. And he was going to pull Megadeth off of that show. This was after he got out of the um, Black Magic stuff because Dissection was playing. And so they ended up kicking Dissection off of the festival. Pussies. Yeah. God damn. So hey. he's like, I don't want to be around what that guy's into. Some something along those lines. But. Well, go cry on the fucking Metallica movie, you stupid yep. pussy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That, that was the worst movie ever. <laughs> what that, was that called again? Some kind of monster. Uh, was that the one it was on? That was the Metallica documentary. Okay. Because the first one was a year and a half in the last okay, Metallica. That's, okay, that's and the second one was some kind of okay. monster. That's right. And that one was like dude. You guys shouldn't have done this. You just made yourself look really bad. <laughs> you kicked me out of the band. Yeah. Shouldn't have done that, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you cry about it, saddlebags? <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a terrible show. Well, I mean, I guess when a festival promoter is looking at Megadeth versus Dissection, they're going to be like, See you, John. Yeah. <laughs> but... No, that was good, man. I, I learned some stuff. I uh, really didn't know. I've never really been into the black black metal stuff, but 
thought this was pretty interesting. The ONA yeah. connection is really, you know, MLO, ONA, the whole satanic orders. Mm -hmm. very... Yeah. Like I said, it seemed like there was going to be something more substantive there, but I don't know. Maybe there is, but I just wasn't able to find, you know, that solid connection to it. Yeah. And the ONA, sorry, man. No, go ahead. I was just going to say the ONA connection to Adam Waffen and all those, mm -hmm. you know, neo-Nazi groups that came out the last couple of years was really weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I it, guess not so weird because when you think about it, you go back to the, the third Reich. I mean, they were very occult. Mm -hmm. So I guess it mm -hmm. isn't that weird for them. Yeah. Yeah. True. Anyway. You know, I was just going to say that this has nothing to do with anything, but if people listen to it, it's like, it's not like your traditional black metal, this album. I mean, it's like just more of a straight up metal album, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's not like the crazy Mayhems or mayhem and guar. shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Saw them a couple of years ago, a few years ago. Remember they played at Skate World? Mm-hmm. I never, I didn't see that one. I saw them with Hatebreed a few years ago. I remember seeing Danzig at Skate World. Oh, yep. yeah. Danzig. Static X. Six yep. Feet Under. Six Feet Under. Typo Negative. Typo. Dude, I don't see how Peter Steele could have been on that stage and not had his head in the ceiling tiles. That dude was like nine feet tall. Yeah. Giant. Play, He's Nephilim, probably. Playgirl. Playgirl play model. I dream about that dude. Whoa, whoa, this morning. whoa. whoa. <laughs> this morning. Yeah. After getting home from work. How big was it? Are we talking like Rasputin in a jar or what? <laughs> no, it was just him at, uh, I don't know, it was like this big, like, uh, like farmhouse place. And it was like him and his band were just like living there. And I was don't he, know how was he talking like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> but that was weird. Hey, you can't control your dreams. That's all I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, anything before we wrap it up? Uh, rest in Satan, John Novite. <laughs> R-I-S. It's a new thing. Yeah. Riss. Riss. I saw a lot of people putting R-I-C, rest in chaos. Oh, okay. Well, so. they're pussies. They didn't say Satan. So. <laughs> they got scared. Yeah. Like, I want to be badass, but <laughs> not that badass. <laughs> Posers. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of Cohen Doc Pro. Come at you next week with an episode on the Nephilim. Nephilim. Oh. And then we'll uh, we'll get into CERN. Been a good night. Cool. Yeah. CERN's firing up soon, so we gotta we got to talk about mm. it. All right. Before well, they erase everything. Before they open the portal. This is the only thing that's going to be left. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Catch you on the next one. See ya. See ya.